There we go. Praise the Lord. Okay, we'll pick up where we left off last time. Oh, oh, let's see. Where were we? Let's go right here first. Oh, <clears throat> just highlight this right here. Genesis to Revelation. This is what's so cool about our whole Bible. It's history book. It's not a spiritual book. You know, it's not a mythological. It's not a book to make you feel better. It just happens that those things happen. But it's history. That's what's so beautiful about this. And that's what helps you when you're realizing and, and having doubts, as we say. If you read your Bible and, and understand your own, look outside and quit listening to other people and find out, even if you have the big question, I don't know if Jesus was really here. Well, go look. Go find out. Do a little investigating. Don't ask somebody. Do some investigating. You'll find out. <gasps> he is. I remember when I graduated Sanford University, my diploma that they gave me, whatever, well, what do you call it, uh, bachelor's degree, you know, my certificate, graduation college. It says, in the year of our Lord, 1982. What do you mean, year of our Lord? What's oh, that Christian stuff? No, it's reality. <laughs> that thing was dated, praise the Lord, because the Romans and Constantine or whoever it was went back and changed the calendar because of the effects of, of uh, <clears throat> somebody who was here. But anyway... Totally historic. The word Genesis means what? It means beginning, doesn't it? Revelation, we know that's basically future going, I mean, that's history going forward. This is all historical. But anyway, we're going to pick up where we left off with David. Uh, but before I get to David here, let's go over here and let's look at something in the book of Acts here just a moment. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 2. And somewhere right along here we'll find it. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit came. These guys were, you know, they were speaking in tongues, carrying on other languages. Watch this. And, and Peter said, these guys are not drunk. You know, it isn't true. It's much too early for that. Notice, why didn't Peter say, oh, 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 we don't believe in that? See, it's a history book. We're the ones that come up with the rules and stuff about drinking and all this kind of stuff. You know, mercy. But anyway, let's keep cruising. So anyway, he said, I'll pour up my spirit upon all flesh. You remember that part. And let's keep cruising here. Then let's keep going down here. <gasps> Look at 25. King nobody. He was never here. Yes, he was. He was here. He says, King David quoted Jesus as saying, I know the Lord is always with me, helping me. God's mighty power supports me. That was a psalm that David wrote. You know, why, why do they keep talking about David? Well, it's because he was really here, praise the Lord. Look at this. He goes on down here and says, now, dear brothers, think. David wasn't referring to himself. Oh, but David wasn't here. The people who wrote the Bible, they were on drugs. No, they weren't. They weren't. These are real events. All right, let's go back. Let's pick up where we left off. All right, so... Cruising back along here where we pick up with uh, David. David first shows up in 1 Samuel. Remember, this is history. So Gen Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, they, it, they, they track historically perfect. It's actually really great. Helps you out. In 1 Samuel chapter, I'm going to take it to, let's see, let's go to 16 here just a moment. In 1 Samuel 16, oh, this is when you first hear about David. He's just a little kid. Remember, they were trying to find him. Samuel took one look at Eliab, that was David's brother, and said, Surely this is the man the Lord's chosen. No. And they had to go find this guy. He was back in the back playing with the sheep. Well, there's the youngest, but he's out in the field watching the sheep. Oh, my gosh. If you'll notice, that's chapter 16, chapter 17. Here he goes. David, look at that. He's going to wipe out Goliath right there. And from then on, he's with Saul. He's in, notice this. David met Jonathan, king's son, and there was an immediate bond of love between them, and he loved Saul, too. And then from here forward to the end of 1 Samuel, which is only 32 chapters, something like that, Saul, his boss, is trying to kill him because he's jealous. Why is he jealous? Notice this. Saul made him commander of his troops. Look at that. And then, uh-oh, look what happened. Something happened. This is what got, this is what irked Saul. But now remember, he had already, God had already said, you ain't getting the kingdom anymore. Because Saul wouldn't 
wouldn't do what the Lord asked. Women came out. Women, folks, always get you in trouble, don't they? Nah. Nah, this is history. And this is another event that shows its history. Because if I was drunk and writing this, I'd say, Well, the macho man Dustin came along and he started singing this song. No. Women folk did this. They came out to celebrate and cheer for King Saul. And they were singing and dancing with joy. Now remember, they just wiped out all the Philistines. However, this was their song. You've heard it. Saul has slain his thousands. Uh Uh-oh. David his ten thousands. Now, what's so interesting was that was true. David, and that's why we have David all throughout the Bible. If we do what David did, we're, we're, we got it. David was, I mean, Saul was very angry. What's this? They credit David with ten thousands and me only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. Well, yeah, Bubba, that's what the prophet told you a little while back because you're such a bad guy. Anyway, and as you know, David was uh, playing that harp for him because Saul was was being tormented and boy I tell you what he hurled that spirit at David okay so let's jump ahead so here we go cruising right along here notice how the chapters go by it's all David 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 look at all this history right here and it flies you could read this yourself in about three cups of coffee all right here we are at uh we're at second Samuel which is book number two shall we say now David Saul has already died David has taken over uh the kingdom now everybody loves him and uh, let's see here we are at uh, chapter 11. Now, this is, th- this is totally historical. Now, you're actually going to see this morning, this is the incident with Bathsheba. But just throw out everything, and here's the, here's the story, okay? Here's the story. So all the psychology people throw in there, and all it's, it's history, okay? And uh, the bottom line you want to you see out of this whole thing is mercy. It's mercy. And you got the same thing. Whoa, oh God, a day in the Bible Belt? Oh, you pull something like this off, you're ruined. No, you're not. You're ruined if you believe you're ruined. But guess what? You're going to think you're ruined because you probably feel like, you know, you're not the best Christian in the world and whatever. Look what David pulled off. Anyway, here we go. In the spring the following year, at the time when wars began, David sent Joab, that was his cousin, he's head of the military, okay, and the Israeli armies to destroy the Ammonites. They began by laying siege to the city of Rabbah. In other words, hmm, looks like a historical event. Yeah, but David stayed in Jerusalem. One night, he couldn't get to sleep. Ever happened to you? (laughs) Yeah. All right, here he went for a stroll on top of the palace. Now, don't add anything to it, just watch. As he looked over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking her evening bath. All right. He sent to find out who she was and was told that she was Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah. Okay, boy, we got these names and social security numbers and everything, don't we? Then David sent for her, and when she came, he slept with her. Well, okay, king. Wow. Yeah. All right, but anyway, then David sent for her. uh, Okay, he slept with her. So she had just completed uh, the purification rites after menstruation. Say, what is that? Well, if you just started reading your Bible right here, you wouldn't know. We go back to Leviticus. it It was a big deal. Do you know every month you women had to go to the priest and you had to bring a you had to bring a dove? I mean every every time you say, well, why is that so? God wasn't trying to be hard on nobody. God was trying to bring His presence among His people. That's the purpose of the ark and all that one. And you couldn't go in there to that ark. But what was so cool is you as a woman you went once a month and it reminded you of the mercy that you had. Say, so what are you mercy for? This is this is just natural biology. We all bear the sin of Adam. You look like Adam. In the day you eat of it, you'll surely die. Death took over, okay? And man had no approach to God anymore. 
And God worked out a deal through Moses that he could bring his presence among his people right there. I mean, that blood of that dove wasn't going to do anything. It was just to represent that God would have mercy on you. Not for having a menstruation period, whatever. No, it was just because you bore the image of Adam. It didn't matter what was going on. We, were, we, were, we just were sin, no matter what it was. Anyway, so anyway, so here we go. So she had just completed that thing. She went to the priest and whatever. Then she returned home. She found out uh, he had gotten her pregnant, so she sent a message to inform him. That's kind of like what happens today. Hey, uh, I need to tell you something. <laughs> oh, no. So we know the story. Well, look what happened. So David dispatched a memo to who Joab, that's the, that's the commander-in-chief of the army, uh, send me Uriah the Hittite. Okay, that's that guy's husband. When he arrived, David asked, Joab, asked him how Joab and the army were getting along and was the war prospering. You know David back his mind. <laughs> He's trying to think fast. Okay. He, he told him to go home and relax, and, and he sent a present to him at home. But Uriah didn't want to go. Now watch closely. Look at these things. He stayed that night at the gateway of the palace with the other servants. He didn't go home. Now quit adding stuff to this. God knows we all make mistakes. This is history, okay? When David heard what Uriah had done, he summoned him and asked him, What's the matter with you? Why didn't you go home last night uh, uh, to your wife after being away so long? Notice what he says here. This is history. Uriah replied, The ark, the armies, and the general and his officers are camping out in the open fields. Look at that. Look at that. That's what Moses said to do. I mean, listen, they were beating the poop out of everybody. They were. And you're supposed to take the ark out there. And you're supposed to blow the trumpets. And every time you do, Moses said, you're going to win. Okay, should I go home and wine and dine and sleep with my wife? I swear I'll never be guilty of acting like that. Well, good for Uriah. Well, stay, stay here tonight, David said. And tomorrow you can return to the, <laughs> return to the army. Now, David, he's getting further and further in the hole here. Uriah stayed around the palace. Look what David did. He invited him to dinner, got him drunk. But even so, he didn't go home that night. But again, he slept at the entrance of the palace. Okay, finally the next morning, David wrote a letter to Joab. Gave it to Uriah to deliver. The letter instructed, oh brother, look at this. He instructed Joab to put Uriah at the front of the hottest place of the battle and then pull back. (laughs) God, David, David, the David, yeah. What have you ever pulled off? We pulled off some blunders, hadn't we? But see, what's the difference between us and David is David's still going to be rising to the top. We should be rising to the top too. It's not your perfectness that's going to get you into heaven at all. Never. Anyway, the letter instructed Joab to do it. He pulled him back. I mean, pull everybody, anyway, leave him there to die. So Joab assigned Uriah to the hottest spot to the siege of the city where he knew the enemy's best men were fighting. Yeah, buddy. Well, here it goes. So anyway, and Uriah was killed along with several other Israeli soldiers. Look at that. Well, here, this, I knew about David and Bathsheba. Yeah, he had, yeah, uh, he had uh, Uriah killed. Yeah, and some more. Yikes. This should, this should just toast David forever. We need a new king. Let's get a new pastor. You know, perfectly great pastors can teach the Bible like crazy. And then all of a sudden somebody... We sniff something out on our pastor. Let's get rid of him. So that takes place all over the place. We can't do that here. It's my building, my place, whatever. And I don't care if you sniff something. I'll tell you some stuff. I didn't sniff all you want because it's not about me. It's about the Lord. And that's what this story is about Jesus. It's not about, oh my gosh, uh, and let's see the recovery David have. No, no, it's history. If you watch history and watch what David does, it's fantastic. But look how far he's going down the trail. 
He, uh, so anyway, Joab sent a report how the battle was going. He told his messenger, if the king is angry, ask him, why do the troops get so close to the city? Uh, didn't they know they'll be shooting from the wall? No, look at this. And they say, why do you say that? Because we're all supposed to be reading our Bibles. Wasn't Abimelech killed? That just authenticated the book of, oh, uh, oh, yeah, Richard, come on. I'm thinking it's one or two. It's either Joshua or, no, it's not. It's going to be Judges, Judges. The entire, you know, Samson and Delilah. That never happened. Well, why did David bring it up? These things did happen. Yeah, Abimelech the, uh, killed. Uh, anyway, wasn't Abimelech killed at uh, Thebes by a woman who threw down a millstone on him? <laughs> remember that guy, if you remember the story, he was like, please kill me. I don't want to be said some woman kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you turkey. You weren't serving the Lord anyway. Jerk. Anyway. Anyway. So then tell him Uriah was killed too. So the messenger arrived at Jerusalem and gave the report to David. Now David, he's glad about this. The enemy came out against us. He said, we chased them back to the cities. The men of the wall attacked us and some of our men, whatever, let's see. Some of our men, da, 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 we're almost in this chapter, were killed. And Uriah the Hittite is dead too. Ah, well, notice David. Yeah, oh yeah, way to go, boss. Hey, well, tell Joab not to be discouraged. The, court, the sword kills one as well as another. Okay. Fight harder next time. Yeah. Conquer the city. Tell him he's doing a good job. Well, when Bathsheba heard her husband was dead, she mourned for him. Then when the period of mourning was over, David sent for her and brought her to the palace, and she became one of his wives. Well, that worked out good for you, didn't it, David? Well, (laughs) let's see. But the Lord was, anyway, and she gave birth to a son. But the Lord was very displeased with what David had done. Well, I guess so. I guess so. So the Lord sent, remember, you can't read this ten years from now, so... The Lord sent the prophet Nathan. Yeah, Nathan hates him. No, he doesn't. Ah, uh-uh. these guys were on staff together. They loved each other. They were family. Look what happens. Nathan comes over and tells him a little story. Now, remember, the Lord told Nathan to do this. Nathan was clueless. He didn't know this. The Lord told him. There were two men in a certain city, one very rich, owning many flocks of sheep and herds of goats, the other very poor, owning nothing but a little lamb he had managed to buy. It was his children's pet. He fed it from his own plate, let it drink from his own cup. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. Recently, a guest arrived at the home of the rich man, but instead of killing a lamb from his own flocks for food, you know what he did? He took the one from the poor guy. Remember, this is the prophet. How the heck does a prophet know all these things? The Lord tells him. Anyway, he took the poor man's lamb and roasted it and served it. David was furious. I swear by the living God. Now remember, David had his own personal chaplain. He also had Nathan, a personal prophet. They were buddies. And this is not in this is not at Waffle House. This is in the throne room. I swear by the living God, he vowed. Any man who would do a thing like that should be put to death. He'll repay fourfold lambs for the poor man, the one he stole for having no pity. <laughs> this is that famous line preachers use everywhere. Thou art the man. Okay. You're that rich man. Oh, no. The Lord God of Israel says, I made you king of Israel, saved you from the power of Saul. Look at that. Remember, we saw that 18, 18, 19 chapters, one after another, and Dave knew it. I gave you his palace, his wives, and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that, look at that, if that had not been enough, wow, I would have given you much more. Oh, we just got to let this stuff sink in. Well, let's see what happens. Why then have you despised the laws of God and done this horrible deed? You have murdered Uriah and stolen his wife. Now look at the prophet one done. Therefore murder shall be a constant threat in your family from this time on because you've insulted me by taking Uriah's wife. Well, I guess it's over with. No, it's not over with. It's always mercy. 
Because it didn't happen. Watch this. I vow that because of what you've done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. If you give, I will give your wives to another man and he'll go to bed with them in public view. You did it secretly, but I'm going to do, it, do this to you openly. Man, gee whiz. Man, he's in trouble. He's in trouble. Watch what he does. Notice this. David said, <clears throat> I have sinned against the Lord. And conf- uh, uh, David confessed to Nathan. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord's forgiven you. Look at that. You won't die for this sin. Wow. But you've given great opportunity to the enemies of the Lord to despise him and blaspheme him, so your child shall die. Now, this is history. Don't go jumping in this thing and saying, well, every girl that has a baby out of wedlock, you know, going to die. No, uh-uh. don't go there. This is history. Look what this prophet said concerning David, okay? Then Nathan returned home, and the Lord made Bathsheba's baby deathly sick. Gee. Now, watch this. David begged him to spare the child and went without food and lay all night before the Lord on the bare earth. Now, why was he doing that? Well, he's going to tell you. Don't jump in there and add anything to it. The leaders of the nation pleaded with him to get up and eat. But he refused. Then on the seventh day, the baby died. David's aides were afraid to tell him. He was broken up about the baby being sick. They said, what will he do to himself when we tell him the child's dead? Remember, it's history, so let's watch it. But David saw him whispering. And remember, well, let's read it. He realized what happened. And he said, hey, is the baby dead? And they said, yeah. Watch what David does. That's the reason you don't want to quit reading this and try to add a bunch of stuff to it. No, no, no. Watch this. David got off the ground, washed himself, brushed his hair, changed his clothes, went to the tabernacle, worshipped the Lord, and he returned to the palace and ate. His, his aides were amazed. We don't understand you, they said. While the baby was living, you wept and refused to eat, but now that the baby is dead, you stopped your mourning and you're eating now. What's up? Look what David says. Watch this. David replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive, for I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. You know, a lot of us don't even, we, we just consider it's a done deal. We've got to quit that. Don't. Watch for the Lord's mercy. Just keep going. But why should I fast when he's dead? Can I bring him back? Now look at this. I shall go to him. Yeah, when you're dead, you're dead. No, you're not. What about babies when they die? Look what David said. I'll go to him, but he's not going to return to me. Anyway, David comforted Bathsheba. I'm telling you what, this is not Baptist at all. That woman needs to be thrown out of office. David needs to be thrown out of office. I mean, he certainly shouldn't run for president. My goodness. It's history. David comforted Bathsheba, and when he slept with her, she conceived and gave birth to a son and named him Solomon. Now, are you reading? Look at this. And the Lord loved the baby. Now the Lord needs to go to psychology classes. He's lost it. The date, I mean, man, the Lord's lost it. No, he hadn't. The Lord loved another child too. All right. Anyway, and the Lord loved the baby and sent congratulations and blessings through Nathan the prophet. No, no, no. Nathan was, Nathan lost it. Oh, we're not, I'm not talking to David ever again. Oh, yeah, he did. They were, like I told you. Notice this. David nicknamed the, the baby Jedediah. What does that mean? Beloved of Jehovah because the Lord's interest. Now remember who this guy is? It's Solomon. We know where Solomon's going. You also know what happened to Solomon at the end. Turkey, thousand wives, and <laughs> no telling what he was worshiping when he died. Anyway, nonetheless. 
Meanwhile, Joseph and the Israeli army were successful ending their siege of Rabbah in the capital of Ammon. Joab sent messengers to David. Rabbah and its beautiful harbors are ours. Wow. Now bring the rest of the army and finish the job so that you'll get the credit for the victory instead of me. So David led his army. Man, I'd be afraid to go out there after what I pulled. I ain't getting out there. <laughs> it's like Phil's dog got run over by a car one day. I love the way Phil tells that story. <laughs> His dog was okay, but the next morning when he opened the door, he said, that dog got out and looked both ways. <laughs> Something out there got me. I ain't going out there. <laughs> anyway, but I'd be afraid to go out there. No, David knew the Lord. He's merciful. Boy, look at this. They captured it. I'm, uh, you ain't supposed to. You're supposed to lose it all. You pull something like Bathsheba off, your history. Oh, really? Look at this. Tremendous amounts of loot were taken back to Jerusalem. And David took, man, David gets jewelry. Oh, you can throw that out. Boy, you women, you blow something. You do something stupid like this, you can forget your gold. You ain't going to ever have a necklace anymore. Look at this. That's not true. David took the king of Rabbah's crown, a $50,000 treasure made of solid gold set in gems and placed it on his own head. He made slaves of the people of the city and made them labor with saws and picks and axes and work in brick kilns. And that's the way he treated all the cities of the Ammonites. Well, those terrible people. Go back and look at the history. The Ammonites were killing the Israelis. They were making things. They threw their kids to the fire. You know, we're not talking about America where we try to be polite to everybody, be politically correct. Mm-mm. That's what got a bunch of them in trouble. Anyway, then David and the army returned to Jerusalem. Say, well, my goodness. Well, where's all the juicy stuff? Now, you get all the juicy stuff from listening to preachers and stuff like that. Start jumping in and trying to get psychology. But that's not what happened. Now, the very next thing that happens here is Prince Absalom, David's sister, I mean, excuse me, David's son had a beautiful sister named Tamar. But now, I'm going to skip this just a moment. This is just the next story that takes place. And let's take a look at some things that David uh, said. We grab hold of what David did, and uh, we do the same things, and we can have the same blessing. Watch this. Look at Psalm 130. I mean, you just about can mark it down. David wrote nearly, you know, uh, well, 50%. Some people say just 30%, whatever. These are one of his. Oh, Lord, from the depths of despair. This is Psalm 130. There's 150 total, right? It wouldn't take you forever to find this. If you forget this one, you still know, hey, I got a Bible. Richard said there was one in the song. Just, you'll hit it. It don't take you long. Like I say, three or four or five cups of coffee, you could cover the whole book of Psalms. Oh, no, I I quit thinking you got to have pictures. You don't need pictures. You can read it and make your own pictures as you read it. Here we go. Look at this. Oh, Lord, from the depths of despair, I cry for your help. Now, quit thinking this is poetry and whatever. This is the book of Psalms is really prayers is what they are. Hear me. Look at that. Answer me. Help me. Man, we don't need to be this pushy with God. Oh, yeah, we do, too. What are you going to do? Make him fall off the throne? So that's the reason if you start believing in evolution and all this other kind of stuff, and you, and you take out the big thing, which God created everything, then, I mean, you, you've made your God so small. You've made, you might as well worship Buddha, you know. I mean, your, your God doesn't do anything. But David knew he did. Now, what, look what he says. Here we go. Lord, from the depths of despair, I cry for your help. Hear me. Answer. Help me. Look at, four, look at this. Lord, if you keep in mind our sins, who can ever get an answer to his prayers? Wow. See, we're all in the boat together. Yeah, it's called mercy. God will always be merciful to you. What an awesome thing this is. That is why I wait expectantly. Look at that. Trusting God for his help. He has promised. No, no. Let me revise that. We're in the Bible. That is why I know he ain't going to help me today because I've been such a jerk. As though we have no respect for Jesus dying for our sins on the cross. Yeah, but Lord, I, sh- I, I, I should have known better. 
So is that going to get you to heaven? Saying to the Lord that you should have known better? We all should have known better. Man. Quit beating yourself up. He said, man, that's why. That's why I wait expectantly, trusting God for his help. I long for him more than the sentinels long for the dawn. Those are the people that are watching the city, you know. They're like, okay, it's almost sunshine going to be here. You know? We're all right. All right, here we go. Oh, is, look at this. Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord. Now, he's grouping everybody right there. For he is loving and kind and comes to us. What else does he say? Because this is only eight verses long. With arm loads. How can you have an arm load of, I promise you can go to heaven? That's just a little piece. See, that's the reason the Bible's so full of he'll help you no matter what's going on. Arm loads of salvation. Look at that. He himself shall ransom Israel from her slavery to sin. Well, that's your forecast there of Jesus dying for you. You ain't going to get there by yourself. You're not going to get there by yourself. Before I get to the next one, let me show you one over here in the book of John. Just a minute. Jesus was talking. People just, man, they just, they weren't listening. Eight chapter, uh, you know, watch this. Look at this. Look at verse 23. You are from below. I'm from above. You're from the world, I'm not. That's why I said that you will die in your sins unless you believe that I'm the Messiah. No, you mean I gotta? You gotta believe in Jesus. That's it. We have no way out other than Jesus. I am, uh, that's, uh, unless you believe that I'm the Messiah, the Son of God, you will die in your sins. Look, he said it twice. Yeah, but I wanna earn it. <laughs> you ain't never gonna earn it. <laughs> You're never gonna earn it. You can't earn it. Nothing you can earn. All right, here we go. Uh, well, let's, let's hit another big one right here in just a second. Oh, where am I going? Here we go. Uh, Ephesians, good old Baptist verse. I'm glad of it. Baptists were good to me. Because of his kindness, or shall I put it in the King James, by grace are you saved through faith. Remember that? Because of his kindness, you have been saved through trusting Christ. And even trusting is not yourself. It too is a gift. You're not going to earn it. You can't earn it. Wow. Okay, now, let's go back to uh, the book of Psalms just a moment. Catch another one. Watch this. Uh, it's actually 143. There it is right there. Look at this. So David was saying when he was in trouble, look, hey, don't go there with my sins right now. Okay. Oh, look at that one. Hear my prayer. <laughs> oh, Lord, answer my plea. Oh, I know what he was going to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He's fixed to be assassinated. He already knew he'd be forgiven. Look what he says. Answer my plea because you're faithful to your promises. Don't bring me to trial for as, for as compared to you. Yeah, nobody's perfect. I didn't know that was in the Bible. Yeah. A lot of things we don't realize. My enemy, look at that. He went straight to the problem. Well, you can't do that. The Lord's put you in time out. Oh, really? The story of Bathsheba was one chapter, you know. Pretty quick. My enemies chased and caught me. They've knocked me to the ground. They forced me to live in darkness like those in the grave. I'm losing all hope. I'm paralyzed with fear. Man, you ever had stuff grip you, bother you? Look what he does. Count your blessings. There it is. I remember the glorious miracles you did in days uh, of long ago. I reach out for you. I thirst for you as a parched land thirsts for rain. Come quickly. Well, we can do a lot with that. A lot of us are like, well, in God's timing. Yeah, you sound so religious. In God's timing. Meanwhile, Buddha says the same thing over there. Or, you know, hey, Jude, you know, Sister Mary, come to me. Let it be. Let it be. You don't see any of that crap in here. 
We're not letting it be. We're not letting anything be. We're asking for God's mercy and you're going to get it. Come quickly, Lord, and answer me for my depression deepens. <gasps> Don't turn away from here. I'm going to die. Let me see your kindness. Boy, you put a time frame there, at least by morning. <laughs> you know, Show me where to walk for my prayer is sincere. Save me from my enemies. Lord, I run to you to hide. Help me to do your will. For you are my God. Lead me in the good paths for your spirit is good. Look at this. This is <laughs> David, you're just... Are you trying to bargain with God? Yeah, that's what we should do. Saving me. If you get me out of this jam, if you get me out of this jam, it'll look good, Lord. Bring me out of this trouble because you're true to your promises. And because you are loving and kind to me, cut off all my enemies and destroy all those who are trying to harm me. I'm your servant. This is a win-win for David. Last one. Look at this. We'll stop right here. Watch this. Well, let me go right back to the book of Psalms here. Where are they at? Psalms. Psalms, 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 Psalms. There it is. Oh, 25. Yeah, look at this. 22 verses. Look at this. To you, O Lord, I pray. Don't fail me. I'm trusting you. What do you mean don't fail me? He's got some real problems out there. Don't let my enemies succeed. Don't give them victory over me. None of them who have faith in God will ever be disgraced for trusting him. Yeah, but Richard, trust, I, I, I've, already, I've given my life to Christ. I'm going to heaven. Well, that's not what he's talking about. We all did that a long time ago. What are you doing today? That's a representation of what we're doing today. Jesus is standing at your heart's door. That's not lost people. That's a church. A church. And it's actually better than that. It's your house before you go to church. We got him outside? <laughs> yeah, hello. That's what I do a lot of times. I'll take care of this, Lord. Oh, Lord, by the way, you know, I'm drowning. I, I, you're, you're not big enough, God, to take care of my finances this week. I'm too worried. I, I, I'm, I've made too many mistakes, you know. I'm like David. Boy, I pulled a Bathsheba, Lord, you know. He'd say, no, you're not like Bathsheba. He'd say, if you're, like, if you're acting like Bathsheba, you'll do what David did. So here we go. None of those who have faith in God will ever be disgraced for trusting him. But all who harm the innocent, they're going to be defeated. Show me the path where I should go. Lord, point out the right road for me to walk. Lead me, teach me. You're the God who gives me salvation. Look at this. I have no hope except in you. Now look at that verse. Here it is again. Overlook my youthful sins. Now, wait just a minute. You've had a lot of time to become a pretty dead, burned, good Christian now. What time for that's over with? After all, the Bible says, if you sin willfully, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Oh, you jerked that scripture out like that. Yeah, you're going to get it. You go back and read that. You know what that was referenced to? I don't want Jesus anymore. It's walking away from Christ. Not because you had a beer. Not because you sashed your mama. Not because of this or that or doing something like he did with Bathsheba. David did. No, it's I don't want Jesus anymore. Go look it up yourself. Tenth chapter of Hebrews, you'll see it. Mm. They count the blood of the covenant an unworthy, th- an unholy thing. I've not done that. I expect the blood of Jesus to work. <laughs> you know. <sighs> okay, here we go. So he says, "Overlook my youthful sins. Look at me instead through eyes of mercy and forgiveness. Yeah, through the eyes of everlasting love and kindness. The Lord is good, good and glad to teach." The proper path to all who go astray. He'll teach the ways that are right and best to those who humbly turn to Him. And when we obey Him, every path He guides us on is fragrant and His loving kindness and truth. But Lord, my sins. Oh God, now He's going to get... No, He's going to say the same thing. Look what He says. How many there are. Now David, come on. No, wait a minute. Look at that. Oh, pardon them for the honor of your name. Wow. Where's the man who fears the Lord? God will teach him how to choose the best. 
He'll live with God's, look at that, God's circle of blessing and His children shall inherit the earth. Hallelujah. Quit worrying about your kids. You should put two and two together here instead of going, oh, I haven't been in church in two years and oh, I've been three years, ten years and my kids, I'm the one. Quit doing that. Abraham never went to church. Moses was 80 for he, and he still didn't go to church. He didn't go to church until he got to Mount Sinai. Who do you think Moses' preacher was? He didn't have a preacher. Jesus didn't do a very good job of going to church either. Did you watch him? He got kicked out. They tried to throw him off a cliff. Luke chapter 4. He just stayed out there in the shade and ten thousands of people <laughs> all the time. Anyway, where's the man who fears the Lord? God will teach him how to choose what's blessed. Okay, he's going to live within uh, God's, cir- God's circle of blessing. His children shall inherit the earth. Do you know that's where you and I are today? Are you going to say, I'm not? Are you going to say Psalm 25 and Psalm 40 and Psalm, actually Psalm 43 and some, they're not yours? Look at that. Friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. Yeah, but you can't be a friend because you just said how many sins you had. Oh, please. With them alone, he shares, look at that, the secrets of his promises. My eyes ever look for the Lord's help. He alone can rescue me. Now, look at this. Lord, come and show me your mercy. I'm helpless. I'm overwhelmed and in distress. Look at this. I love this. I love this. My problems go from bad to worse. Like Bob says, if it ain't one thing, it's another, you know. Yeah, that's right. Oh, save me from them all. Yeah, but I'm in the Bible Belt. People in Africa need the Lord. You know, I, I, I'm trying to, you know, quit doing that. That's the reason you don't have a praise report. It's the reason you can't tell anybody about Jesus is because you're not letting him overwhelm you with his circle of blessing and explain to them all the good things that happened to you is because you love Jesus and ask him for his help. Wow. See my sorrows. We're done here. Watch this. See my sorrows. Feel my pain. Forgive my sins. Wait just a minute. Slow down just a moment here. No, we're not going to slow down. Feel my sorrows. So, I mean, see my sorrows. Feel my pain. Forgive my sins. David claimed in Psalm 103, forget not all his benefits. That means we can forget them. Who forgives all my iniquities, heals all my diseases. Two big things that Christians today forget. We think it's doctors only. Well, I'm toast because the doctor said I'm going to live with this the rest of my life. Okay, you forgot your benefit, didn't you? Well, what benefit? Oh, you're talking about faith healing. You got all the buzzwords, hadn't you? Go back to the scriptures. You know, Jesus told two blind men one day. They came to him. <laughs> They're, Lord, have mercy on us. And they called him son of David. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do? And he, he said, we want to receive our sight. And he says this, and, and this is in Matthew 9, verse 27. Believe ye that I'm able to do this. Well, they go, well, yeah, yeah. But where are we today? Do we believe he's able to do that? Yeah. Yeah, but man, Richard, if I ever get bit by one of them brown recluses, man, I'm gone. Oh, brother. Where's your Lord? Where's your God? Where's your help? He's, man, I tell you, I'm going to Google it and make sure. (laughs) You'll never get it right Googling it. Uh So anyway, look what he says. Feel my pain. Forgive my sins. See how many enemies I have. How viciously they hate me. Save me from them. Well, you know, you ought to get a couple of them should get you. No, there's none of that. Deliver my life from their power. Oh, let it never be said, look at that, that I trusted you in vain. Assign me godliness and integrity as my bodyguards, for I expect you to protect me. Do you expect the Lord to protect you when you leave and walk out of here? Yeah, you should. We call it today in the... In the Bible Belt, you know, traveling mercies. But sometimes we just say that just to be politically correct in front. But it's true. 
It's more than just it. Well, it is traveling mercies, but you got it. We're all going to be safe on the way home. He's either a shield or he's not. And the Bible says he is. Look at that last phrase. That's it. And ransom Israel. I can't be so. I can't be for us that don't believe that, but we believe it. We have to practice putting the Bible in our lives. Ransom Israel from all her troubles. Praise the Lord. Man, Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. What's our bodies to you? You'll fix them. You brought all Israel out of Egypt, and there was not one feeble one among them. So you'll get us all out of here today, causing us all to be well as well. Father, we just thank you. Same thing's true financially. If we're struggling financially, we'll get out of that trouble. Praise the Lord. Look what you did for David. David uh, immediately uh, uh, took over that $50,000 crown of jewels and whatever. Praise God. And brought all that loot back. Hallelujah. Father, and if it's not even that, something else, just some problem we've got, and ooh, it's on the horizon, and it's got our attention, and we're worried about it. Lord, we just ask you to fix that. I mean, our God's great. You'll get us out of that trouble. Well, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others. Like we say, as we count our many blessings, we can tell them, naming them one by one. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, all right.